0: Well, we welcome our guests tonight, met a few of them, glad you're here, and anyone else, so glad you're here, we bless in the name of Jesus. On Wednesday nights, we've been studying on wisdom, and I'm just going to go a little bit, touch what I touched last week, and you'd have to get that tape, so the week before we have the CDs, and it's on the internet available, but as wisdom is about our choices, and we've been learning about wisdom being our teacher, as the Bible speaks of it is, it says that uh, wisdom is uh, not what the teacher decides for the student, but what the student receives, what the teacher is saying. The teacher uh, will help direct the student, assist the student, encourage, enrich, and inspire. But the teachers will not force or mold the students. You have to open up. And I had two teachers that were here, and they shared some things they've done with students and things they went through as teachers. But it's to guide and lead us. And one of the things about learning, it means to speaks of expertise. To navigate through confusing times or what may seem as confusion in our life. Now, I know as we live in this earth, there's times where we wonder what to do. We seem to go through times that seem to be confusion or we don't quite understand or know what to do. But wisdom will guide and navigate us through those times. Aren't you glad wisdom can navigate us through tough times? Amen. And we saw that wisdom speaks about what our values are, attitudes What's our motivations, the decisions, the evaluations? Wisdoms ask, how do you use your time? How do you use your money? And and the thing we'll find out about wisdom, and, and uh, there's a scripture that talks about how the way of the foolish will cause you not to sleep at night. But wisdom will call you to sleep and cause you to rest. There are the choices we choose, and wisdom will always lead us in the best of choices. And something happened to my wife that I thought was a good testimony you know, and it's no numbers might have had this happen before she went to Super one uh, just the first of this week or last week. And there was something under her purse that she didn't pay for and she left and they didn't detect it. So she got home and as she was going when she got home, she was going through stuff and she found that uh, there had been something that she had got in her basket. She didn't pay for. So she says, OK, I got to go back to Super one. Now, I have heard believers have that happen to them and they would go i've got a testimony i got some free groceries today i heard one lady come to church in argentina she says i'm so blessed i got a pair of jeans Uh, and my wife asked her where did you get them well they were in my basket uh well did you pay for them no but i figure god just blessed them with me and so my wife got that stuff and she went back and she paid for it and they said well thank you for being honest And, you know, she could have had the attitude where, you know, God just wanted to bless me with that. But but I started thinking about this, and I didn't tell her this, but I started thinking, how many times would she pass in front of Super 1 and and her conscience would not allow her to go back in there? She would not have had the peace to go back in Super 1. And every time she would have passed in front of Super 1, her conscience would have spoke to her saying, you owe them money. Oh, they got plenty of it. You can talk your way out of anything you want to, but your conscience would still be saying you didn't pay for that. And it's not yours. Now, she went back and she can show her face as super one. And I'll, I'll go with her now <laughs> that there's not a picture of her wanted on the bottom anymore. I can go with her to super one. Why? That's like you can go to you could go to church. You could go to people's house. You could go around town and you don't care who sees you because you don't owe them money. You've given back what you've borrowed. Your conscience, because you walk in wisdom, allows you to sleep at night. Because you know you have it. And I'm looking at a bunch of honest people here tonight because I can see by your smile. So you better smile. Some people are not even looking at me. But listen to me. I say you're honest anyway. But listen. If you walk the way of wisdom, you walk the way of peace. Peace with God and peace with yourself. I don't have to hide my face. I don't have. Oh, I don't think I can go there. Why? Well, you know, we had an episode a while back. You know, I think I'm going to have to move. Why? Well, you know, uh, I've done had all my 19 tickets that I can handle. When you walk the way of wisdom, you walk the way of peace. And that's what God desires for us. And that's what wisdom wants to teach us. Amen. Now, I shared with you last week as we got to the word uh, scorners or mockers, the word mocker is someone who tears down what they do not accept. There's so many mockers today in church, out of church. Well, you know, I'm just not going to believe that. Well, wisdom says it's your decision. But a mocker says, I won't accept that. They so easily swayed by temptation. Also, a mocker means unteachable, rejects the teacher and the teaching, does not welcome instruction. A mocker arrogantly ridicules and rejects teaching because of his supposed superiority. Well, no, I know better than that. I don't believe that. A mocker thinks and believes he's good, he's beyond good or evil, but still face the consequences of his choices. And we shared some scriptures about that. A mocker has a stubborn pride. A pride makes one reject wisdom and reap the penalty. So I want you to look with me in Proverbs chapter 1 as we get to a, another thing tonight. Proverbs chapter 1, and they have it here together, the mocker and the fool. I just want to touch on the fool a little bit here. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 22, it says, How long will you, simple ones, will you love simplicity? How many are not happy with simplicity? Amen. How many want more of a work of the Holy Spirit in your life? Amen. How many want deeper love? Deeper power? Deeper dominion? Amen. How long will you love simplicity? And, and, and you scorners delight in scorning. But look what it says here. And fools hate knowledge. How long will you hate knowledge? And if you're taking notes, what it speaks about there, this is so interesting. It means a fixed in one's lifestyle, one who is fixed in in a certain way. This is the way I've always done it. This is the way I'm going to do it. He's fixed. He's determined. This is how I did it. This is how I'm going to do it. Fixed in a lifestyle. That's against wisdom and the instruction of God. Instead of appreciating and welcome wisdom and instruction, hate knowledge and despise wisdom and discipline. It says that in verse 7. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. No, no, you can't tell me this. No, you can't tell me that. And, you know, it it hurts us. And, And many of us have been there where maybe you have had a child. or or a stepchild, or maybe you've had a loved one, and you said, listen to me, son, I love you. Mom and daddy would do anything in the world for you. But please, don't don't try to learn things the hard way. I I may not be cool, but I'm right. I'm old. I've done done that. I've experienced that. And you know, that's what it's saying to the fool. Don't be fixed. Well, this is the way I'm going to do it. And I can imagine just like a father and a mother's heart, wisdom is crying out. I'm calling out to you. This is the way to do it. And that's what we're going to study on tonight. Don't hate knowledge. Be wise and have a teachable spirit. Chapter 9, verse 10, you don't have to look at it, but it says the fear of the Lord is the root of a teachable spirit. It begins with a relationship with God and an and a attitude of submission to God's way. You know, it's attitude of humbling ourselves like, you know, I don't know everything. I am not going to be stubborn in this area. Lord, if this is the way I've, if I've got to change in this way, I'm going to change it this way. I ask you to give me the grace to help change. And I, I can feel the Holy Spirit as I wrote this message the other day. And as I've been studying it, it just was so heavy on me. Even today and the day I wrote it, I could just feel that the wisdom is crying out so many times like a f- parents do to their children about listen, pay attention, heed, listen. Don't go the way you're going. Don't travel that road. There's, there, there's nothing, nothing. That's going to enhance your life and give you the quality of life that not only do your parents desire for you, but God desires for you. There's a quality of life that God desires for us. Because it says, if he did not withhold his only begotten son, how he will not also give us all the other great things. Because he already gave us the greatest of heaven. He says, I desire to give you the greatest, but you have to walk the way of wisdom, a teachable spirit to learn from teachers and their experience. I shared with you last week that one thing about a teacher, you're just not getting the experiences that they've learned. But everybody and every book and every tape and every conference they have been to all the accumulation of wisdom and knowledge they have gotten from others. Those others are inside of them. And I know Sister Diane's a retired teacher and she taught a number of years. And and, and, and it's such a lot of accumulation of studies and, and, and book knowledge and conferences and going to school and everything that she had to do to teach that because you're giving out to the students. But it wasn't just what she learned in life. It was accumulation of what so many others learned. Well, wisdom, it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, wisdom was there by God at the very beginning. Can you imagine the accumulation of knowledge that wisdom has? And a fool says, well, you know, I I don't even know if that really makes any sense. Don't worry if it don't make any sense. Just do what the Word says. You know, the Word warns us. It says, I saw a young man. I saw a fool going near her corner. Why? The attraction of things. I saw a young man who was tempted with the attraction of things. And he was told time and time again, you don't want to go that way. You don't want to heed that way. You don't want to give in to that. Because you know why? You don't have to worry. It talks about, I shared with you, that uh, it talks about that word uh, uh, snared means to be webbed and to fall into a web and be trapped. You know, someone who is in a web, it's the same word about being in loved and enveloped in the love of your wife. Once you're in the web of a relationship, a covenant relationship with your wife, you never have to worry about AIDS. You don't have to worry about all those diseases that talk about TV. Why? You trust her. She trusts you. There's no worry of diseases. But when you don't heed wisdom and there's different things going on, then there's the possibility of the consequences of the sin. As long as we and what I'm going to share with you tonight, the thing, one of the words I'm going to share with you tonight is that our commitment to wisdom is the same as a covenant relationship between a man and a woman in marriage. We'll always Need wisdom at all ages and will always need to grow in the area of wisdom is what the Bible teaches us. Wisdom is for life. Look at chapter 9, verse 9. I mean, no marriage is for life. Unless they die. But look at chapter 9, verse 9. It says, give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. You see, we never get past the point of learning. Amen. You hear so many people say, and they're up in age, and they may be gray-headed, and they go, you know, I've lived a life, and this is what I learned in life. Well, don't stop. Don't stop learning. A wise man will still be wiser if we continue learning. Teach a just man, and he will increase learning. There is never an end to learning And growing in wisdom and knowledge. Amen. Because wisdom is for life. It's to continue to grow. It's like a relationship. It's by remaining teachable. Even as we become older, we can grow in understanding of life. Now in Proverbs chapter two, verse 12. Proverbs chapter two, verse 12. To deliver you from the way of evil. Oh hallelujah. From the man who speaks perverse things. From those who leave the paths of unrighteousness unright, to walk in the ways of darkness. Who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths. Here it talks about a fool Has his preference. He is going to do and be with who he wants to be. And the Bible is going to go in and tell us. Turn your back on fools. But many times someone says I have my preference. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be that. My perspective. And they start. Some people enjoy twisting and turning. Some people enjoy company with those who twist and turn the truth to fix it to where they're comfortable in their lifestyle. And a fool cannot ever heed or give in to having a deep relationship. You're supposed to turn your back on anything that sounds like, if there's a little bit of twisting of the truth and the way of wisdom, turn your back and, and, and leave, leave that company because it, they start twisting it for their own comfort. Well, you know, the Bible says all things are lawful. But Paul goes on to say, yeah, but it's not always good. And they start twisting things to to give them an escape route to do what they do. And, you know, a lot of times even Paul says we use mercy as an escape route. Well, you know, God, I forgive me. God, I forgive you. Come on, God, I forgive you. And a fool will keep, instead of trying to practice restraint, he will give in to the twisting and the turning of the truth, which I'll show you in a few minutes. It oils down the sword. That we end up stabbing ourselves with. Those words of those who twist the truth. He delights in doing evil. So he backslides. Chapter 6 verse 12. Chapter 6 verse 12. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 12. It starts off with a worthless person. How many of you know you are not a worthless person? And that's why wisdom is saying, don't throw your life away. Someone, I I pray today, I prayed over this CD. I prayed over the Internet today, especially in this message. I pray that someone is going to hear this and it's going to help you. I'm telling you in all the love of God and all the love of heaven that sent his son. The emphasis that he has on you, you are not a worthless person, but only the blood and only wisdom can bring you to a point where you can live a life that is worthy and well-pleasing unto the Lord. I'm telling you this by the spirit of God. And it says in verse 12, he says a worthless person, a wicked man. You say, that's me. Wisdom says it doesn't have to be. Walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eyes. He shuffles his feet. See, he's a flirter and he's a dancer. <laughs> and he's a pointer. We won't go there. Perversity is in his heart. And he devises evil continually. And he sows discord. Therefore, his calamity shall come suddenly. And suddenly he shall be broken without remedy. Now, the Living Bible says broken In an instant beyond all hope of healing. Now, we don't judge where that point is. And that's why you're hearing this tonight and you're hearing it by tape and Internet. If you are hearing this, I believe with all of my heart, you are not past the point of healing. That's why God is wanting to speak to you about his wisdom. God is wanting to destroy foolishness that is bound in the heart of not only a child, but an adult. So that we can walk free of these things and that we can be healed while there is time. And we will not be past the point where it says here of all hope of healing. So God is instructing us and warning us. It says in verse six, it says in verse 16, the things that God hates. But it's, it's amazing that it said uh, there where we were reading uh, in verse uh, it says, He walks with a perverse mouth. I want to share something with you. Now, there's something interesting here. We won't go there. But in Genesis chapter six, the story of Noah's Ark. Do you remember it says twice that God says, I repent that I made man. Because if you go there and read, it was because their thoughts coming out as words were arising before God. It was because the perversity of their thoughts and the perversity of their words, therefore the perversity of, of their actions, which made them fools, moved on God that he even came to the point, our loving God said, I, I, I despise the moment that I made man. And it was because the people who died in the time of Noah, except for the one righteous man, Noah, who saved his family, it was because it was a generation of fools well, right now, there is perversity and there's imagination in any way and every way. You look up a little example. I looked up today. I was, I'm looking up some stuff, and we got an awesome service planned for Sunday morning. But I was looking up some stuff to use as examples. And all I did was Brother Darrell talked about funny T-shirts a while back. And I looked up T-shirts about this subject I'm teaching on Sunday. And the perversity, the, the perversity that is in the words of just simple T-shirts The standards, double standards, the way of a fool. A fool makes the t-shirts, but it's the double fool who buys them. And that's where you find you start getting into the crooked ways is nobody is making you accept what they do. But when you buy or get a part of what they do, then you are part of that type of generation and that type of society that is on its way to hell. Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. As you know, righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach. Sin is a reproach. Do you see this? Sin is a reproach to any people. Say sin is a reproach. You see, a fool will eat sin and wipe his mouth and say, I want more. A fool will cause strife and then move on and cause more. A fool, because of the sin inside of him and who he is out of foolishness, never has enough. And I want you to see here, it says it will cause a reproach. The word reproach, have you ever been around horses? Did you ever have to catch your horse? Uh, we've had a few horses growing up. And you'd have to put the feed bucket in front of you, but the halter behind you. The word reproach is the word for a halter. To put around a horse's head to guide and lead him to where you want to go. But how many of you know, most time, when we went to catch our horse, if we had the halter in our hand, the horse wouldn't come. He'd he'd walk away. But if you hide the halter and you put the feed, that poor little horse come every time and you put the halter around his neck and you got your horse. Well, you know what? That's how foolishness is. He ain't going to put the halter, the reproach in front of you. He'll put the feed, the sin, the foolishness in front of you. The attraction. What attracts you? And what you don't see that in his right hand, is the feed, and behind his back is the halter. And when you put your feet, your your head, not your feet, you don't eat with your feet, but when you put your head in the bucket, the halter comes on, and it says, sin is a reproach to anybody. I don't care if you're Catholic, Protestant, I don't care if you're the pastor, I don't care if you're the sheep, I don't care if you're in church, out of church, sin is a reproach or a halter to anyone. This speaks, the word reproach is a word, listen to this now, the word reproach is a word for commitment. A fool, you say, how can somebody continue living that way? Because foolishness is a commitment. Once I taste of it, they say once you try crack one time, you hooked. Once you try this, you hooked. We tell the young people, stay away from sexual intercourse before you get married. Because once you try that, you hooked. So we see here that it means a commitment to do evil that destroys the fabric of life. The fabric of life is a commitment. I'm committed. We're supposed to be committed to the Lord. We're supposed to be committed to obeying the word of God. We're supposed to be committed to wisdom in having a relationship of learning and receiving from the master himself. But once we taste of that sin, once we rebel and we become fools, we're tangled and tied in that weave of commitment. And it also means shame. Disgrace. The word reproach is the word. Listen to this Vice captivity, prison. But listen to this. The word reproaches also the word disfavor. Everybody, we all want the favor of God. And we can read every day. Thank you, Lord. we we'll have the favor of God. Lord, I pray for the favor. We can pray for the favor of God all we want to, but it's wisdom that leads to the favor of God. Reproach, because of the foolishness of sin, opens the door to disfavor. And we don't want disfavor, do we? Amen. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 14. As you know, I've just been giving you an introduction for the last over two months, <laughs> but it's been good. And this, this is, this is a, a important teaching we need for this hour. I would love for the youth to get their hands on this. Proverbs chapter four, verse 14. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Do not walk. Do not practice the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil. See, there's the commitment. There's the commitment. When you're addicted to something, you can't sleep till you have it. When you're addicted to something, you can't be at peace till you have it. And here we keep talking about don't go that pathway, don't walk it, don't do those things, cause it says here, it says, it says avoid it, avoid it, avoid it, break the attraction of it because they do not sleep unless they have done evil and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. They eat the bread of wickedness and they drink the wine of violence. My, my God. They cannot sleep until they, they cause one to fall. It's addictive. Now, write down, you can write down, we won't go there, Proverbs 3.24. You know what wisdom does? Wisdom causes you to sleep. Wisdom causes you to sleep. Foolishness steals our sleep from us. Foolishness steals our sleep from us. Verse 16, the wicked cannot sleep. Verse 17, for they eat the bread of wickedness and they drink the wine of violence. It's their food, it's their craving, it's what dominates them. Once you taste of it, once you taste of it, once you've tampered with it, once you've gotten into it a little bit, it it becomes just as desirable and needy as food does. And wisdom is saying, avoid, pass by, away from it, get away from it. Wisdom is crying out how to keep us safe. Look at chapter 1, verse 10. But look what happens to the fool. He's short-sighted. Chapter 1, verse 10. Wisdom is crying out as a teacher, my son. My son, if sinners entice you. Come on, it won't hurt. Come on, you'll enjoy it. Come on. Do not consent. If they say, come on, come with us. Let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurch secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive as the pit, as shoal, and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kind of precious possessions. We will fill our houses with spoil. Look what it says here. Cast in your lot among us and let us have one person. In other words, let's make a society. Let's make a covenant. Let's They get short-sighted about the attraction and the addiction. My son, do not walk in the path with them. Child of God, do not walk in the path with them and keep your foot from their path for their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain, the net is spread in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood and they learn secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. The attraction of sin. Come on. Come be a part of it. Come. Come with us. Let's do this. Look at chapter 8, verse 13. Chapter 8, verse 13. Chapter 8, verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Say that word with me. Hate evil. Hate. Hate evil. I have a relationship with God. Everything he hates, Lord, make me hate everything you hate. Help me to hate it with a passion. Help my people. Help my children. Help my loved ones. Help my friends. Help my children's friends. Help everyone. Help us, Lord. And give us the grace to hate evil as you hate evil. To see what it did to Christ on the cross. To see the price that it took as they nailed him to that cross. Wisdom is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance, there's the foolishness there. I know what I'm doing. It's my life, the evil way. And the perverse mouth I hate. that's what destroyed them in Noah's art. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding I have strength. By me, king's rule. you're a king. Rulers decree justice, you're a ruler. By me princes rule and nobles and all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me. Don't lie in wait with the wicked for riches. I have riches. Enduring riches. Enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold. Yes, and fine gold and all my revenue is choice. Silver. The things you're looking for is over the wall. They're beyond the walls of wisdom. Wisdom is the protection that gives you the things of God. Now, I want to show you something interesting. Isaiah chapter 59. It's amazing that the prophet Isaiah said the same thing Solomon said here. Isaiah chapter 59. These are warnings of God. Warnings of wisdom for us to listen to and heed. Isaiah Did I say 59? Good. Isaiah 59, verse 2. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. For your hands have defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies and your tongue has muttered perversity. You see, it it talks a lot about the mouth and the lips. No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies, and they conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. They hatch viper's eggs and weave spider's web. He who eats of their eggs die, and from that which is crushed, the viper breaks out. The webs will not become garments, nor will they cover themselves with their works. Their works are the works of iniquity and the act of violence in their hands. Their feet run to evil. And they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. God doesn't want you to waste your life away, dear one. That one listening to this tape or by internet, God does not want you wasting your life away. You were not conceived in your mother's womb. To be a wasted life, a life of agony, a life of hurt, a life of defeat. You are not called to be an image of sin's fruits. You're called to be fruits of righteousness. Fruit of the Lord, fruit of the work and the labor of Christ. You are not called to walk in the fruits of sin. You're not called to waste your life on that which has no future. You're not called to waste your life on that has no gain. I pray the spirit of wisdom speaks to you and awakens your inner man. To hear the love of the father through wisdom calling you. That I cannot make you. But I will yearn for you and I will pull on you till you come back and receive me. Look, Verse 29. You, you could, well, you could just keep reading all of this. They will grope in the wall of darkness. They'll walk like a blind man. They will moan. Mm, salvation is far from us. Our transgressions are multiplied before your sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. This is verse 12. And as far as iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord. And departing from our God. Speaking oppression and revolt. Conceiving and uttering from... Our Heart words of falsehood, justice is turned back, righteousness stands afar off. For truth is fallen, this tree of iniquity cannot enter. Truth fails. he who departs from evil makes himself a prey for the Lord saw it and it displeased him and that he saw no justice and he saw a man there and there was no intercessor thank God we're interceding hallelujah and it says according to their deeds of verse 18 according he will repay fury to his adversaries recompense to his enemies the coastlands he will full repay so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy comes in like a flood hallelujah the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him I believe what part of that standard is wisdom. Because it's not that you just want to give somebody fish. If you teach them to fish, they can live on fish a lifetime. You've heard the saying. Where we grab hold of wisdom, it's not just a matter of getting the yoke removed from our neck, but the wisdom of God, how to keep the yoke away from our neck and the halter away so we will not be caught again and fall back into the wages of sin and death. Mm. Well it's five after eight. I guess I stopped there. Nobody's saying continue. This is such a wonderful, uplifting, encouraging, exhorting message, man. I could use some more. Beat me up some more. Huh? Wisdom says let's stop and let's pray. Let's stand and pray.